so happy that this brother and this sister, this husband and this wife, this team in this ministry of the marriage keepers is helping the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because they're responding to a statement that he made. He said that the greatest enemy and threat to our nation, to our community, it's not the white man killing us. The greatest threat, believe it or not, is divorce. The attack on the family, the attack on the structure of male and female relationships and happy marriages. Brothers and sisters, help me to welcome our first presenter from this dynamic duo, a team, husband and wife. This ministry of marriage keeping is very vital to our existence. Would you agree? Yeah. Brothers and sisters, help me to welcome our dear sister, a sister that has served her nation in many various capacities, our sister, Sister Cecilia Muhammad of the Marriage Keepers. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is indeed his messenger and servant to us in this day and time. And I would like to greet the beloved people of God in the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. And I want to bear witness that I am a believer in the nation of Islam. I want to be bearing of witness that I believe that Master Farad Muhammad is the living God. He is in power today. I believe that the honor, most honorable Elijah Muhammad is our living and exalted Christ. And that the honorable Louis Farrakhan is our warner and redeemer today. In this very hour, in this very moment, because if it was not for those three, where would we be? That the God came himself after they said, don't go after them. He said, I'm going to come to save us. And I want to go right into it because when Master Farad Muhammad came, he did not come to make a nation of followers. He came to make a nation of gods. So if he came to make a nation of gods, what is our role to play? Because we were not just chosen just out of the air. We were chosen before our parents even came together. 
We are taught that history is written 25,000 years in advance. You are not sitting in those seats by accident. You have a role to play in building the kingdom of God in the hells of North America. I didn't say a church. I didn't say uh, a building a nation of gods. So if the Honorable Louis Farrakhan is telling us that the number one threat to our security as a nation is divorce. How much more serious must we be in our selection? How much more purposeful must we be with our own personal development? Because whoever you are when you are married, that is who your spouse is marrying. So with us by law's grace being able to do the marriage keepers, which we were honored by that name, and in the Western region, when we did our marriage retreat with our Western regional minister, brother Tony Muhammad, and he said, we need to come up with a name. And we were at dinner in a restaurant and the brother said, I got the name. He said, the marriage keepers. And brother Tony said, I'm taking that name to, to the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. And he heard the name and he said, well, this is what brother Tony said. He said, I like that name. And I want that name to be carried all over the world. And it is critical for us because being that we are babies in the womb of God's kingdom on earth. We are not born yet. Look at our activity. It lets you know we're still in the womb. So if we are still in the womb of bringing the kingdom of God, then everything that we know, we have to get new knowledge on. And that starts with our male-female relationships. We only know it on the carnal world level. Like Sister Minister just, just talked about the homosexuality, how we date, how we come together. We're not looking at a person saying, hmm, that's a good mate till death do us part. That's not our mindset. We're looking like, hmm, that might be a good temporary thing for here and for now. But we're not looking at a person saying, well, I'm looking for a mate till death do us part. That's, that's not how we look at each other. Let me go to some words of the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. And this is an article that he wrote. And the title of this article is... Our commitment to strong marriages secures our nation. Secures our nation. We know about security, don't we? And we have to secure the front, the back, the side, behind us, the, everywhere we are securing, we have to secure our marriage. There is no success in building a nation without the building of family. There is no success in the building of a family without the respect and honor for the institution of marriage. However, we are beset with divorce and the problem of infidelity. 
And as a result of divorce and infidelity, hatred is building between mothers and fathers, which is causing children to suffer. We can talk about many things that are important in life, but nothing is more important or sacred than family and the cornerstone of family, which is marriage. Now, cornerstone, which is marriage. Now, let me go to this one real quick, because the word cornerstone, that's the part of a foundation. Is that correct? So if it is the cornerstone, then let's look at Allah's view, sisters, of your role. And watch that word cornerstone come back again. This one is from the sacredness of the female. And all of these articles are on finalcall.com. All you have to do is Google male-female relationships and drink in the words of the Honorable Louis Farrakhan because if we're bringing in the kingdom of God, I can't drink in what Oprah's saying. I can't drink in what Jada Pinkett Smith is saying. I can't drink them in. They're not bringing in the kingdom of God, are they? They're not. So we got to drink in the words of Almighty God to elevate us to the mindset, the coloring, the view of Almighty God, Allah, and the person of Master Farad Muhammad. Listen, brothers, listen, sisters, to this of the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, the sacredness of the female. What is Allah God's view of the female? She is the manifestation of his attribute of mercy to the world. She is undeserved kindness to us. For through her we are extended through the generations. It is only through her that we live again and again and again. It is only through her that we continue to move toward the true perfection that Almighty God desires for his creation. She is the cornerstone of the family and therefore is critical in the whole process of nation and world building. Cornerstone again. Family, the cornerstone of nation. Female, the cornerstone of bringing in the nation. World building. So if something is the cornerstone and is precious, how should she be treated? How should she be protected in a world like this? We heard the minister say he cries for the abuse of women and children. But I ask us, sisters, how do we treat ourselves? Do we walk like we are the queen of the planet Earth's mother of civilization? Because in that behavior, in that area, then we are telling the world when we wear this headpiece and we cover ourselves that we don't belong to this white man world no more. Our outside says it, but what does our inside say? What does our inside say? We had a beautiful single social yesterday, and the main thing was improvement of self. If we keep contracting the same kind of man that let us know we haven't become yet the full woman of God. 
If you say I keep attracting the same brother I had in the world, well, guess what? We got development to do. And I like to always tell brothers to say to our brothers that I like to give a representation of this that the woman is your earth and she will produce she will relay your vision your idea from her earth but you are the sun and if the sun doesn't shine on the earth correctly the earth cannot produce She cannot produce. A brother said, well, my wife, she, she, I, I, I don't see her lovely side no more. Well, how are you treating your earth? A rose can grow in fertile ground, but if you stomp it, it's not going to grow. How are you treating your earth, Mr. Sun? I am so honored to be here in Phoenix with you guys. And I told the believers, I said, uh, since we have been doing this, this was the first time we had all of the laborers in Amas invite us to their city. Because normally we're invited by believers who are calling us in, but to be honored by our student minister, Charles, and your brother captain and sister captain and protocol. I mean, it was just so humbling for us. And we just, as we said, we want to be used by a lot to use our experience by God's grace. Me and brother Marcus have been married since we were 19 years old. And so when we hear brothers say, well, I, you know, like we were messing with some of the brothers yesterday, the single brothers and the fear that men have is real. And the things that came out yesterday was the fear of taking care of us finances. The fear of taking on a woman that's being trained in the MGT class because that's nothing to play with. As the minister said, that's taking fire into your bosom, brother. But the king, the God, he knows how to deal with the fire. And I think a lot that I have a husband who's been dealing with my fire for over 26 years. <laughs> I thank Allah that Allah blessed me to give him six beautiful children, four boys and two girls. And I don't care what, I know we've had experiences with our brothers, but there's no black man, not no black man like an FOI. None, none. And I thank Allah for my FOI, who has been a strong example to me and to my children of our teachings as Muslims, of being that example. And I love this man dearly. And without any further ado, my husband of 26 years, Brother Student Minister Marcus Muhammad. Salam alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I too bear witness that there is no God but Allah, the one and only who came to us in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. I love him so, and I thank him for being our God and our Savior. He came for us, and that's so beautiful to think about. He didn't just come from Elijah. He came for us because he loves us. 
and he wants to do a work among us to bear witness to his coming. I thank Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, our living and exalted Christ, who's going to totally obliterate the enemy. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. I thank him and thank the Honorable uh, Minister Farrakhan, who I'm about to represent to you. He's a man that I'm really unworthy to unlace his bootstraps. I thank him. I love him so. I thank him for being our brother in this hour who's trying to redeem us. Everything that I'm going to give you today came from him. So I don't want you to ever think that I'm giving you something. And if you love me, you're going to love him even more. <laughs> Because this is his teaching, his work among us. I'm so happy to be here in the city of Phoenix, Arizona. Allahu Akbar. This is a beautiful city. Allahu Akbar. I'm so happy to be with my minister, Minister Charles Muhammad, and his beautiful family. Let's give them a round of applause for their hard work. It's hard to lead black people. Thank you, Brother Minister, for allowing us the privilege of being in your city. Thank you to the laborers of Islam for allowing us the privilege of coming here today to share anything of value with you. Have you learned anything this weekend? All praise is due to Allah. We thank Allah for you coming, believers for your steadfastness and wanting good for yourselves and wanting to be the best that you can be. You know, we do not take it lightly when you show up and you show out as you did yesterday. We love you and we thank Allah for the privilege of being here to represent the minister to you. I want to say to all of us that Jesus gave us a wonderful parable about the kingdom of God. They said to Jesus, they said they demanded of him, the Pharisees did. They said, when is this kingdom of God coming that you keep talking about, Jesus? <laughs> so Jesus answered them, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation, but then when he said this, this just struck me to the core. He said, neither shall they say low here or low there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. All praises due to Allah. That's our subject today. The kingdom of God is within you. You might be wondering, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean, Brother Marcus? The kingdom of God is with me. I ain't seen no God come up out of me. I seen a lot of hell. But I ain't seen no God. And the only reason you see so much hell coming about you is because you've been living in America your entire life. Ain't nobody been good to you. Nobody wanted nothing good for you except 
God and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan. And they want you to see how living in America has affected you. How have you been affected living here in America? What has this beast done to you? How has he read you? And why has he got you thinking that you better off single? Come on now. I don't need no woman in my life. In fact, I'll be the woman. I'll be the woman for another man. Here you are, a big, strong, beautiful black man. But you want to pretend that you're a woman. I live in gay Atlanta. The homosexual capital of the world yes, yes. is in Atlanta. Yes, and I look at our people in their gay pride parades and how happy they are to be gay and how many of our sisters love a gay man. I say to myself, what is this? Like the Quran says, what is this? Men coming to men with lust that they should have for a woman. But they got that lust for another man. In 2019, in this quote-unquote enlightened age, you still want to be gay. Is it that you imagine that it's better to be gay than to deal with a strong black woman? Because a real black woman ain't going to accept you being gay. If she find you gay, she might cut your head off. That's kind of what you deserve, but you know, she'll be patient, hopefully. But our sisters are strong. And they take a lot from us as men. That's why we should love them even more. Because of all the crap that they got to take from us. And I want to say that I'm just so happy that my wife is here with me. For 26 long years, she has been patient with me. And allowed me to grow to be a man that she could respect one day. I thank Allah for that kind of woman in my life. Sister Cecilia Muhammad. She is a sister that is destined to be a great woman among our women. You know, because number one, she speaks. You know, the number one fear in America is not death, it's public speaking. People would rather be dead than to get behind a microphone and talk to somebody else. <laughs> but she speaks with such passion and conviction and she loves the brotherhood and the sisterhood and that's why I love her. You know, and to give me not just one baby, one would have been enough. 
The minister, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, said to us that when a woman goes to death, she, when she has a baby, she goes to death's door for you. That's right. But she didn't just go one time. No, two times. No, she went three times. Four times. Five times. Six times to death's door for me. I love that kind of woman. All praise is due to Allah. And you should love your wife, your woman. If a woman out there had your baby, you should love her, but you don't. Your baby mama, it's my baby mama. I don't know what you're doing, but this is my baby mama. Is that your way of detaching from her? Any woman that gives you a baby has gone to death's door to bring you back life. That's wonderful imagery for you to think about. Why don't you have a family? Why don't you? When I heard Minister Farrakhan's teaching, I was in Atlanta, Georgia. We had a minister there named Minister Van Muhammad. And Brother Van taught so hard on marriage every time he got to the rostrum. <laughs> I started feeling really bad that I wasn't married yet. Our little 18-year-old boy in the mosque. And he's teaching on marriage so hard. And Thanksgiving came around and the brother said something about, well, I guess you're going to have you some turkey franks. <laughs> Wait a second, turkey franks. Cause I'm about to go have me some turkey franks. He was relating the point to me because he was trying to tell me that you ain't gonna get you a good meal until you had your wife. A good woman know how to cook for a man. And Lord, can you sisters cook? The meals that you lay on us. Sometimes we don't even know how to handle you. Sometimes we grunt. It's good. It's good. <laughs> you know, we should learn to talk with women. I mean, if you got a woman, you're going to have to learn to talk if you want to keep her. I mean, a lot of us are scared to talk to a woman because she's so intelligent. She'll listen to you and take your idea. She's going to hear an idea in what you're saying, and she'll take that idea to the next level. And sometimes you're not ready to go to the next level. You just need her to hear you, that you're intelligent enough to give her an idea. Oh, praise is due to Allah. But I can tell you that not only should she know how to cook, but you should know how to cook too. What kind of man in 2019 don't know how to cook nothing? You go and look in your refrigerator if you got one. And you got damn ramen noodles all through your cabinets. Nothing that you got to cook too long. A ramen noodle. It's good. It's good. I like, I like ramen noodles. I like ramen noodles, Brother Marcus. <laughs> Penitentiary food. 
You know, a cup of soup where you just got to put water in it. I got married to Cecilia. I was used to penitentiary food, too. I was on the campus. I was on Mohawk's campus. I was thinking that I was going to give me some more penitentiary food. And Cecilia, she started working with the MDT, learning the way of a goddess, learning the way that a woman does it when she got a man in her possession. But no more ramen noodles for me. I had to sit down like a man at the head of the table. And I would come just, you know how a man come to the table. <laughs> and we had courses of food. The first thing she started with was the soup. And she made bean soup so delicious. I mean, it was so good. I had to take my shoes off so my toes could wiggle around. That's how good the soup was. <laughs> but then she said, I thought that was it. That was the meal. She said, now you can have the salad. She made the salad just the way I would like to eat it. But then there was another part of the meal. The main entree. She brought that out there to me. I had some fish. I had vegetables. I had a starch. I had rice. I had this. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, this is how a king eats. Come on now. That's what you get when you get a black woman who's taught and trained by Muhammad. You ain't getting a street woman out there who don't know nothing about cooking. You ain't getting a woman with some apple-bottom jeans, boots with the fur, the whole club looking at her. Shit the floor. Next thing I know, so you got low, low. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Wait, I just want to pass Muhammad trained my wife for me to love me. And I didn't know how to accept her love. Sometimes you can have a woman love you so hard that you reject it. You're like, no, she can't love me like this. A lot of us don't think we're worthy of love. Some of us, we are our biggest punishers. The one you identify with the most in the comic book series, Marvel, is the Punisher. Because you punish yourself every day by the words you say to yourself. She had to repair my mind because I was destroyed as a black man. I didn't know I was so destroyed, but I had witnessed my father and mother. My father, big old man, 450 pounds big. He was terrifying. And I used to watch my father and my mother go at it so hard, fighting physically. I used to wonder, would my mother even be alive? when I got home from school. 
That's deep when you have to wonder that. But my father not only terrorized her, he terrorized the children too. Because he dared you to do something about it. <laughs> Think about that now. My father died at 43 years old. Because you don't live long when you beat women. So I'm just saying to any of you who got that little problem where you feel like you got to go upside her head. For every little thing she does, you got to smack her around a little something. Let her know that I'm the man up in here. A lot of us is like that. Got little tendencies like that. Some of you be fighting like cats and dogs before you got here today. And you must stop it. You must stop fighting each other. Because that's not the way of God. And you must learn that that's not his way. Could you imagine God, when he angry with you, he smack you upside your head? Beat you down, punch you in your mouth? Because you did something he didn't like? God don't do that to you. This Quran says that Allah is the beneficent and the merciful. Allah says in the Quran, he took mercy on himself. It's important to God that he's merciful to you. And everything God does, he does out of love for you. Even if he got to ultimately destroy you. He has to move beyond you to find another one who would be worthy. All praises due to Allah. But I saw my mother and father fighting. I never saw them hug each other. I never heard my mother say not one time. I love you and I'm proud of you. So I grew up with that and I was damaged because of that. See, a lot of men there, they say that there are five love languages. There's, uh, what is it? Quality time is one. That's, that's meaning that I don't care what you do for your wife, your girlfriend. If you don't spend any time with her, she doesn't interpret that as love. You got to spend time with her if that's her primary love language. The next one is acts of service. So when she believes she's loved because of acts of service, you can spend all the time you want with her. But if you ain't doing nothing for her, you ain't taking care of no bills at all. You living in the house rent free. Tell me, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. I love you good. I love you good. Don't you see my love? She like, you love me, but you ain't paying no bills. 
In 2019, you ain't paying no bills and you live with a woman. How does that work? What kind of game you spitting to her to allow her to go with your raggedy behind? You got some serious game. Don't he got some serious game, sister? You go for that crap. He ain't got no money, no hope for money. But he find them sheets. I'm a, he's a keeper. I'm just going to have me a find them sheets kind of dude. Is that all you want out of life for my man? Is to him to be fine them sheets? Because that's all he good at. That's all he ever learned about women that if he good in the bed, he ain't got to be good in your head. And we're so sex crazy. That you've produced a sex addict out of the black man. Wanted in the morning. The afternoon. Midnight. Before morning. I got to have it four or five times a day. Four or five times a day. What you do all day? (laughs) Except sex her. Damn. Is that all a man? They, they say a man only needs sex in a sandwich. This is how little they think of the black man. Give him a sex in a little sandwich, he'll be alright. That's all a black man is. Don't you get tired of that, brother? Don't you want to be more than that to a woman? Just asking questions. Because I know that when I got married, it was important to me to be the man in my life, in my marriage. I wasn't going to ask my wife to put on the pants in the marriage. I married her and I wanted to be the man because I wanted my bean soup. I wanted that. That's right. And boy, oh boy, I found out that as I became the man, she became more of a woman. See, you wonder what happened to her purring for you. Purring. You ain't heard the black woman purr in a long time. She talked to you hard in the black community. Nigga, get here to the table. That's how she called you. We see all kind of videos online. Women beat men up. You used to take care of her. Now, now she, she'll fight you back. And she'll win. Some men crazy like that. Some men think they can beat a woman down and go to sleep 
in her house. That's a hell of a thing. You're going to beat her down and take your raggedy behind to sleep in her house. The one she pay bills on. See, brother, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Who gonna help you bring it out? See, when you got a woman in your life, you need to marry her if she's gonna be your woman. Until you marry her, she's not your woman. Let me say that again. Let me. Cl- <coughs> Until you marry her, she's not your woman. Well, we can get married. We don't got to get do nothing to fish you. Let's just get married, baby. It's just you and me, baby. We'll say the vow to each other. <laughs> we don't need no minister, nobody, no official here. We're just going to be married together. You and me, baby. You and me, love. That's the kind of crap we talk. Because you don't like nobody checking up on you and what you're doing. That's the one thing about the teachings that you don't like. We will check on you. We will find out what's going on in your life. Because we're concerned about you. Now, I think that when my wife saw me so damaged, and it's been 10, 15 years into the marriage, she knew I was gone. Thank God for Minister Farrakhan and auditing. Thank God. See, a woman, if you got any sense at all, you encourage your husband that he needs to have a weekly a weekly time weekly that you must get auditing you must insist on auditing auditing is a process of talking to you about what's happening in your life and what has been painful in your life and you'll be surprised at stuff that brothers got that was painful You'd be surprised at stuff you holding on to that was painful and heart-wrenching that you're not letting go of. You're going to keep all your demons to yourself. <laughs> I don't know why you like that. Here's somebody that come along to help you get rid of your demons and you holding on to them. I'm going to hold my demons until I'm gone. I'll die with my demons. That's how we like. I'll die with them. Because the enemy made you stubborn, selfish. We find in most relationships, that's the issue. You don't want to give nothing. You get paid and won't tell your wife you got paid. 
She won't even know. She got to beg you for money. A big old man. She got to beg. She got to humble herself to you to ask for money. How is that happening in 2019? If you're working. Now, if you ain't working. Now, the shoe reverses. You got to bring your big grown behind to her. Baby, I need a little something extra. You got $20 for me. I, I want to go to movies. <laughs> I want to see Aquaman. <laughs> Here you are, big old grown man. Now, Hulk. They ain't hiring nobody like me. Are you depressed? Are you depressed? Are you depressed? Because our teaching is to get up and do. See, the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Farrakhan, is what you need in your life. But you don't want that because you want to be your own man. I'm my own leader. This is what you tell yourself. I lead myself. Will you lead yourself too? What have you done? Nothing. I ain't done nothing. Well, you see what kind of leader you are then. If you can't lead yourself out of the condition you're in. And a lot of people, a lot of black men and women can't lead themselves out of their own condition. Got a filthy house. I had to talk about this for a minute. We go in your house, it's filthy. Stuff everywhere. I said, what the hell is this? Is this how you live, brother? Come on now. Ain't got a bed to sleep on. Sleeping on the floor with covers. Roaches everywhere. And what is this? You just looking around and you saying, oh my God, now I see why you not married. Because see, when you get married, a woman ain't going to put up with that. That crap. The average black man could be comfortable living under a damn box somewhere. But not her. She ain't going to put up with that. She'll keep pushing you. And if you got a black woman, she keeps pushing you to get more and to do more with your black self. That's why you stay single. That's why you pretending to be a woman to another man. I don't want no woman bothering me. We see big old grown men softening their voices. They got a big old deep bass voice like this. And he softens it up for, for another man. 
physical muscles. He giving them to another man. How you think the sisters look at you when you like that? How can they be happy with you like that? They are they can barely find a man. And here you come. And you are already gay. Don't be like that, my brother. The black woman needs to find a black man to love who will love her. Because right now I'm past that what was holding me back. I'm past it. And I give her the love that she deserves and then some. I remember when I was coming along we had six children and I would come through the door on Thursdays that's when I got back from my job out there and I had worked and I was coming home to my family And she would meet me at the door. And as soon as the door opened, she would say original salute. And all six of my children would say, ha! And drop their salute after I dropped mine. And they would say, "Assalamu alaikum, Daddy." That would charge me up. I would want to run back out the door, do it again for my family. She put love inside of me for the children. Sometimes it's not natural. Sometimes you gotta work hard to get the black man to love his own children. Sometimes you see the lion. The lion don't care. It seems like the lion is just, he he's sitting there looking at his children like, you know, he, I'll bite your head off. I'll eat you if you get in my way. It's a lion looking at his children. <laughs> but I can tell you that she put love in them or put love in me for them. And each of my children, I got six of them, Four boys and two girls. Any of you got any sons? Any daughters? Anybody? Sons? Let's see. Sons? First? Anybody? Daughters? The male is not like the female. You raising a male, you got hell on your hands. They be stinky. <laughs> And he'd be wondering what that smell is. It's probably him. Because he don't like to bathe. And when he bathed, you got to make sure he bathed. And he put soap everywhere soap supposed to be. And that's all over your body. Don't just bathe your arm. Bathe under your arm. Yeah, get that right there. 
Get all the spots where hair is. Get it. Get it. Because you want to be clean. Especially if you're going to be hanging out with me. I don't want you dirty. And so training them, all of my sons and my daughters, you got to train your children. You got to look at your sons and you got to know that they have to know how to do everything in a home. They have to learn how to wash clothes. Get his lazy butt up. Today we're washing clothes. Everything that you learn in the house will be valuable to you one day. Your grandchildren, do they know how to wash clothes? If they don't, then start a program that you teach them in seven or eight steps how to wash clothes. They got to know how to cook everything. They got to know how to take it out the refrigerator and throw it out for a while. This is going to need to thaw for a couple of hours. But while you're having it thaw, I don't want you to just sit there. Let's learn how to vacuum. Is that right? See, you got these lazy children in your home. They don't do nothing but just look pretty. You got a daughter that just, she just, uh, she just brushing the hair all the time. I, I look pretty. I'm pretty. Look at me. I'm pretty. Is that all you are? Get the mop, pretty girl. <laughs> mop up in the kitchen. Mop up in the bathrooms. Clean them bathrooms. And come in like a warrior that you are. You don't got to beat them, but you want to command their respect and earn their respect. Because when you teach a child, they know they've been taught. And they'll come back later on and say, thank you, mama. Thank you for doing that for me. It's your duty to teach your children. Teach them. You know, soon they're going to learn how to drive cars. But they can't just drive the car. They got to learn to respect the car and the rules of the road. A lot of young people die every year because they don't respect the road. And they get out there in them fancy cars and fly cars and they be trying to drive with the traffic and they don't know what they're doing. They ain't got your experience. So teach them. Teach them the rules of the road. Teach them. You know, sometimes you see your children struggling with all kind of issues. You know, some children are struggling with being bullied. You know, so you want to take your children and teach them to fight. You, the man, that your children teach them to fight. Now, do you know how to fight? It ain't all that now. Fight. You have to learn how to fight. Because you never know when you're going to have to thump. Out here in this world. So teach them how to fight. Let me see your stance. He going to throw a stance. You know, bending all down, crouching like he's scared to throw a punch. That's how children get bullied. 
But if you, te you teach them how to fight, they won't be bullied. The bully will respect them. I ain't messing with him. Because he know how to fight. Is that right? How many of us grew up our fathers and didn't teach us how to fight or do nothing? The father had you, but he didn't care nothing about teaching you nothing. It's deep when the father has a baby and don't care nothing about teaching them nothing. You put all the weight on the sister to do. You be the mama. You be the daddy too. I just make babies. I don't take care of nothing. She's so tired of your black behind doing that to her. I had this baby for you. And you don't do nothing for the children. Christmas time come. We don't celebrate Christmas as Muslims. But if you're a Christian, Christmas time come. Child looking to you for a gift. I know my daddy going to take care of me. Yeah. And they look through that little gift that they get. And they're getting little gifts here. Everything from mama. Nothing from daddy. How you think the child feel? When they ain't getting nothing from their own father. Have you ever given your child a gift from you? That you were thinking about him. And that's what the gift says. That's one of the love languages. Gifts. Another one of the love languages is physical touch. Which means that if you ain't touching me, you don't love me. Do you have any children like that? That you don't hug? You never put your hands around them to touch them, to hug them, to love them, to give them a sense of security. That's what we do as men. I never felt my father's embrace. He was gone too soon to feel his embrace. But I made sure with the children my wife gave me that I gave them the love that I was never given. <clears throat> I want you to know that when you are a father and a mother, that's a great responsibility. It's one that some women don't want, quite frankly. They give the children of somebody, let an aunt raise you. I'm not raising you. So many of us in such pain over our mothers and mama rejecting us. My mother rejected me all the way in her life. She got to the point she didn't even want to come to my graduation. And I'm in the audience looking for mama. Mama, look, I'm here. She ain't even come. <laughs> That's terrible to not come to your children's graduation. Nothing that they do. You don't see no value in it because your mama didn't care nothing about you. You will make sure your child feels the same way you do. 
Your son got a baseball game. You ain't gonna come. I don't wanna see him. Little nigga. He's the star player. You ain't coming. Uh-uh. I had something else to do. Were you drunk somewhere? The child looking for you as he plays baseball. The child looking for you as they play basketball. They understand. They're looking for you. Where's mama? Where's daddy at? I'm doing it for them. Because everything a child does is for you. But you ain't got time. I have a friend that I hadn't seen in 10 years. We went to a high school reunion and I was so happy to see everybody, you know, because they was, you know, we got, we came to each other. We was like, what you doing? What you doing? And I started talking about what I was doing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm married. I'm this. I'm that. I've run down all the things I'm doing. And then I said to him, okay, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. What are you doing, my brother? I'll never forget what he said. He said, dog, i just been chilling. <laughs> Ten years. And he's just been chilling. Are you in chill mode in your life too? Chill mode means you barely frozen. You almost frozen. You ain't doing nothing. You just chilling. I hate that term chilling. Because you meet brothers and that's what they tell you. I'm chill. I'm good. I'm good. That's another term. I'm good. What you good for? The world going crazy all around you, but I'm good though. I'm good. Satan has come into your life and deceived you. Satan has set himself up as your God. You pray to God, but you're really thinking about Satan and all the acts you're going to do for Satan. A devil worshiper. Because you want to make sure that the devil gets all of the glory for your life. Not God. But the devil. See, the most important relationship you have after God and his Christ is your relationship with a woman. But now the enemy has come in your life and told you you don't need a woman. You can be good by yourself. I don't need a woman to help me to be happier. I'm going to just be myself. I'm just going to be by myself. I hear men say that. I say, brother, what's wrong with you that you don't want to be with a woman? I say to him, what's wrong with you that you don't even desire a woman? Oh, a woman is so much a blessing for a man, but you got to know how to question a woman. You got to know how to ask questions in your life. But now we're at a point in our lives where we don't have no questions at all for nobody. When was the last time you asked a question? We had a newspaper that came out maybe 20 years ago. 
It's an inquiring minds want to know. We were assuming people were inquiring. But they took that ad off the air now. Because you ain't inquiring about nothing. You know everything now. I'm good now. We something the paper. We out there. We with the paper. Find a call. We showing the brother. Find a call. I'm good, brother. But you you got this paper already? Nah, I'm good. I, I I'm good. I don't need no papers. I know enough now. And you ask the brother to tell us what's going on in the world right now. He don't have no concept of the world. The earth is 196,940,000 square miles. Do you know any of it at all? I think we got five continents. I think it was five. Then four. Damn. What's going on in Europe right now? What's going on in Asia right now? What's going on in Africa right now? Where is the only paper that you can read what's going on in the world at? It's the Final Call newspaper. Allahu Akbar for the brothers carrying it. Because if we're not reading the papers, you know, I have to tell you, we don't read nothing nowadays. We feel like I'm good. Illiteracy is a blight on humanity. Nobody is holding you back from reading today. The enemy just got you so firmly in his grip that he know you ain't going to read nothing. And our lessons that Master Farah Muhammad gave us, lesson number one, ask the question, why does the enemy keep our people illiterate? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave this answer when he was three years old in the teachings. So that he can use them for a tool and a slave and also a slave. He keeps them blind to themselves so that he can master them. Illiterate means ignorant. I got a question for you, brother and sister. How ignorant are you? When you compare all that you know, the finest knowledge you have right now, all of us collectively, when you take all the knowledge we know, Minister Farrakhan said to us that we could fit all that we know on the head of a common safety pin and still have room for plenty more. God have mercy. I'm so ignorant. I hate being ignorant. 
hate not knowing. Allah is the best knower. He's not the best guesser. He's not the wanderer. He's the knower of what we got and what we don't have. I love a God like that. See, when you are God in your marriage, you don't let your wife wonder about stuff. She wondering if the bill's going to be paid this month. She wondering if you coming home tonight. She wondering if you really love her. All the things she wondering about. You can help her by always being the type of brother that got answers for his wife when she got questions immediately. Do I love you? Look at my actions the past two or three years. We've been here. We've been there. We've been there. We've been there. See, you got to go somewhere. If you love a woman, you love your woman. Take her somewhere. Take her away from here. This is Phoenix. I love Phoenix. Great place. I got another place. I got to take her. Take your wife somewhere. Your girlfriend. Take her somewhere different from here. Let us see some things. If you got a girl and she ain't been nowhere, take her somewhere. The best gift in the world is to look at your wife and say, baby, get some clothes. We going somewhere this weekend. Don't tell her where. She'll be so excited. She will be, oh my God, where are we going? I don't know where we going. She's going to be like, oh my God. He's taking me somewhere. He's taking me somewhere. No children. No children. She'd be so excited because you've taken her somewhere. And really take her somewhere. Don't take her to a little cheap place either. Take her around the corner somewhere. We just going around the corner, baby. You know, you just you made her mad. <laughs> she like this job. <laughs> take her somewhere. See, you got the power to do it and to make your relationship what you want it to be, but Satan has mastered you because Satan keeps you ignorant. Satan loves that you don't read nothing. 2019 has come in, you ain't even on a, your first book. We asked you, what you reading today, brother? What's your knowledge? Give me the, the knowledge in the 70s. We would ask the brother, what's the knowledge today? What's the knowledge, brother? And you just be waiting because you know he about to break down nine or ten different books he reading. Okay, give me the knowledge, brother. Come on, do the knowledge with me. Come on. <laughs> what? You ain't got no, no, no books you read? You ain't read nothing? How you going to be in 2019 and you not read nothing? Inquiring minds want to know, but you ain't reading nothing. Magazines come out every day. New magazines. You ain't reading none of them. Are you comfortable being ignorant? Has Satan lulled you to sleep and gave you beautiful 
things you put, you know, you got a child, you put the child in, in a little, little, uh, a pamper, and then you, you put it in a little swing that swings back and forth. See, this is the enemy's world. It's automated. Everything automated. I don't want you to raise your head to even ask, what is he doing? What's Satan doing? Cause you're too sleepy. Oh my God, sleepy. Oh my God, I'm so sleepy. This is Satan's world. He rocking you to sleep. He rocking you so slowly, so skillfully that nothing bothers you no more. You hear somebody die? Oh, that sounds terrible. Anyway, this is Satan's world. We don't even have time to mourn people. Mourn people who meant something to us. I lost a friend last week. His name was Gary Muhammad. And Gary was my friend. For 20 years, we were together we worked in Albany, and he had a uh, aneurysm. You know what an aneurysm is? That's serious business. See, when the last time you been to the doctor? I ain't going to no damn doctors. The devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. I know the devil is working, he's doing his thing, but you better go to a doctor. How's your heart feeling? How your lungs feeling? Can you take your neck and do this? Can you do that? How's your range of motion in your arm? How is that going? Can you do this? Can you take your arm and do this? Can you do this? How your legs feeling? How your feet feeling? Do you know you got 7,000 nerves in your foot? You ever had somebody rub your foot? I don't want nobody to see my feet. That's how we are. I'm a massage therapist. People come to the massage table with socks on. I don't want nobody to see my feet. <laughs> I said, what kind of monsters you got? <laughs> this is such a, a cosmetically conscious world. You don't want nobody to see your feet, your ankles. You don't want nobody to know nothing about you. You are unknown. Don't even, nobody knows who you even are. You on the Facebook under an alias. I don't want people to know it's me. Why? What will they do if they find out it's you? People ain't paying attention to you like you think they are. That's the thing you, you better realize that you are just one in eight million, eight billion people on the earth right now. 
So let people know who you are. We meet people we're so ashamed to meet them. We tell the person how happy we are to meet you. I'm happy to meet you, brother minister. That's what we say. I'm so happy to meet you, brother minister. And you so surprised when the Honorable Louis Farrakhan says, I'm so happy to meet you, brother. And you're like, you happy to meet me? And you start thinking about what have you done? I haven't done nothing, minister. I haven't done nothing. And the minister will drop this on you. He says, when I meet you, brother, I'm meeting a man that has never been before and will never be again. I'm enjoying the moment of meeting you. All praises due to Allah. See? Never take people for granted. You never know who in here their time is up today. So while you have them in your presence, be kind to people. The latest final call talks about doing good work, being kind to people. Kindness is undeserved mercy. You haven't done nothing to deserve it, but I'm going to be kind to you today. Because, brother, I know it's been hard for you. I know you've had a hard life. Even if you're a young person, you still have had a hard life. Because this is America. None of us get by easy in a world like this. They purposely bake your way hard. But you got to keep trying. The thing about us in 2019 is you have given up on working hard for yourself and for your family. God wants you to today to get the spirit to work again for yourself and your family. Your wife is looking at you. Your girlfriend is looking at you. They're asking, why are you not working as hard as I am? The sister is looking at you saying, do you see the hours that I'm willing to work to help us be what we're supposed to be? I'm willing. But are you willing? I'm not going to let my wife outdo me. She'll say to herself, I don't care if she gets in one minute after or before I get in. I'm coming in after you come in. I'm in school now. I'm getting my education, quote unquote, from the enemy, but I'm getting it. Don't say, I ain't going to white man's school. Everything you got, you got from the white man, including your name. I'm not going to let no cracker teach me nothing again, please. Everything you know, he taught you. You don't have to be the type of person that's so in rebellion to white people that you ain't going to do nothing that they say. Because if you ever get into a situation where you behind bars, you're going to do what they say. 
or are they going to deal with you? Right. I watch all these prison pictures and, and prison documentaries. Oh, the brothers, the hardest brothers in there, they're going to do what the white man saying. Because he is a devil and he's going to enforce that you're going to do what he's saying. Stand over there. You don't tell him. You talk to me rough. <laughs> Said, what did you say, nigga? The white man will tell you that. I hope none of you are looking at brothers in prison as a choice for you. Maybe you are. I don't know. But try to find a free man. I don't know how long your husband, if you got a husband, he's been locked up. A husband doing a 20, 30 year bed. Talking about be faithful to me. 30 years? <laughs> 30 years. And the judge giving out sentences like it's nothing. 25 years for you. Come on, get him out of here. Just get this low out. Get his behind out of here. You hardness. All you hard little young niggas. I'm hard. I'm hard. But you see how hard you are when that judge hit the gavel. I watch you. You hard until he hits that gavel and gives you your sentence. Because you know what's waiting behind the bars for you. Why don't you follow on and be like Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan? They teach you a better way to do things, brother. Why you why you fighting what they say? Why you fighting them when they love you so much and care about you when nobody else cares? Nobody else cares. You got a brother out there on the corner for you. Enduring the hot Phoenix sun for you. Making sure you get the paper. That's love there, brother. We got this meeting set up today for you to make sure you get the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan. That's love, brother. Sister, that's love. We got this big, beautiful building here for you. Comfortable. It's air-conditioned for you. That's love. We love you, but now it's your opportunity to show us some love back. When it's time to raise money, you don't give no money, Harley. We be wondering, what the hell? Did we say something wrong to you? <laughs> But I guess if you're sitting home playing video games all day, that's what the, that's what your pay is. I used to play video games when I was young. But a day should come in your life where you put down the damn joystick playing damn video games. When you got a world in front of you that needs your attention on it. 
You should say no to the video game. I am a man. I don't care if it's for mature people only. <laughs> mature people, I got to play this game, baby. <laughs> That's the trick they use on you. So you 45, 55 playing damn video games. <laughs> Your wife trying to get you to move out. Baby, let's go here. Let's go there. I got to play a video game first, though, baby. This is how the enemy does it. You put toys in front of children. And they can't let the toy go. It's, it's my little this. It's my little that. I'm playing my game. Leave me alone to play my game. Don't let your wife become tired of you. Don't let your girlfriend get you to the point where she tells you that if we're not getting married, I'm moving on from you. We've been going together, Oprah going together with that dude, Stedman. She's 70 years old. Still talking about a boyfriend. What the hell's wrong with you, Oprah? You got all this money and you can't get married? You ain't found a man yet to love you, to take care of you? Are you into women, Oprah? What's really going on with you? See, we better be tired of this crap going on in our community. Tired of these folks walking around here and they ain't married. They ain't doing nothing to help us. You have leadership here. He been, how long you been married, brother? 46 years. Give that man a round of applause. Allah Akbar. That, that is an example to you of how to do it and how not to run from marriage. Is he perfect? No. But he's running for his responsibility to Allah and his messenger and his wife. You got to want to be a man. And nothing less than a man. Be what you're supposed to be. Be what you're supposed to be. And don't let nobody pull you off that path. You don't have to ask a woman, will she submit to you? Will a black woman submit to me? Yes, if you're doing what you're supposed to do. Don't ask her to submit if you're in rebellion to God. And if you have any sense, if you have some sense, you better put God in between you and her. Because if you have any kind of thing with her, any kind of love for her, and you put God in between you, then you can always go to God between her. She's God's woman. She's not your woman. See? 
There have been times when I didn't know how to talk with Cecilia. And I had to ask God, how would I talk to him? What would I say? What should I say to Cecilia? God knows what you should say. So talk to him. He's your God. God ain't nowhere far away from you. God is way up there in the cosmos. <laughs> That's because you're dumb. You're ignorant. You don't know him for yourself. That's what some preacher somewhere told you. That God is somewhere ethereal. No, God is real. And you can contact him when you need him. And when don't you need him? See, the problem with you is you think you don't need no God nowhere. You think you're your own God. And God will put you in situations to show you you definitely need him. He don't need you. That's the thing you don't know. God is so above need of you. He looks at you and he laughs that you don't need him. And you are in the world, you 18 years old, and you don't need no God? Okay. Let me let you go on a little bit. Let me let you see what you're going to walk into. Without me. I could help you, but you ain't called on me not once. So I got to put you in a situation that's going to bind your behind up where you ain't got nobody to help you, including your mother, who the minister taught us is your first God. But if you don't grow past mama to see the real God that called your raggedy behind into existence, if you don't ever do that, You'll always see women as a God. We'll worship women instead of God. But only God is to be worshipped. You see your sister, you bow to her, you love her, you, you're so enamored with her, you thank God for bringing her in your life. But that's it. You ain't getting crazy with it now. Because the same God that brought you into existence brought her too. That's the main thing to remember about God. God is not like you. He's not like me. God is above all of us. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said of God, he differs from you only in that he is supreme in knowledge Wisdom and understanding. That's the only difference between God and you. You start crying. You think God crying too? Because you cry? Nope. God uses things to get you your attention. He'll ask the question after you finish crying, are you ready yet? You ready yet? Huh? You're not ready yet. Okay, let me let you suffer a little bit longer. God ain't like you. God, don't, God is not emotional. That's right. 
He's not wrapped up all in these emotions. Oh, it's terrible. What happened to those people in, 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 in Florida and in, in, in Charleston? It's terrible. It's terrible. It's just terrible. God looking at that thing and he's like, oh, okay, all right. You kill those people. That's terrible. But God is not ruled by emotion. When you meet God, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say what the Quran says you're going to say. He didn't miss anything. That's what you're going to say. God watches you very carefully to see how you're going to act. How you're going to act. He throws circumstances in front of you. What you going to do now? I could just see him looking at you right now, wondering about you and whether you're going to accept Islam today. This is your chance to do it today. Will you do it today? I don't know. But God knows. All praise is due to Allah, a wise God. Master Farah Muhammad is the wisest of all the gods. You say, what? Gods? Yeah. There been a whole lot of gods. You think God lives forever? One person is God? No. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us about how God manifests himself and works with us in our reality. The Quran says that if you were an angel, he would have sent you an angel. But you are men, so God sent a man for you. He loves you, brother, but he wants you to know his reality and that he is working on your salvation. We don't have to worry about nothing that's happening we just got to be obedient and work hard in the truth of Islam. All praise is due to Allah for our wonderful minister, Minister Charles Muhammad, who is working so hard to help us to understand what the minister is saying and doing today. We thank Allah for the laborers here in this city of Phoenix, Arizona. This is a beautiful city. And the Honorable Louis Farrakhan loves this city. And he loves our minister very much. And I'm very happy that he has allowed me to come in front of you and share what I've shared. I thank you all for listening. May Allah bless you. Assalamu alaikum.